the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy, Sports Rap D. I am flying solo today. Uh, my other my partners have some other things they need to take care of. So nonetheless, I'm here, like they say, the show must go on. So your boy is here, and you know what we do. You know how we kick it off. We give you some news, some updates, then I'll get into some scores, and then we will get into the meat of the show. So we are definitely going to touch on the Dawn Staley, South Carolina win yesterday. We're going to get you prepped for tonight's stand. Thank you, bro. Blessings back, bro. We are definitely going to talk about or get you prepared for tonight's championship, the men's championship tonight between North Carolina and Kansas. So sit tight, buckle in, get settled in. You know where we are, Facebook um, Live, Sports Rap Podcast is the group page. And since I am solo today, I may even do a little Instagram Live a little bit later on down the line. But stay with me and you'll see what happens and we'll figure out how it goes on. Kevin Wolf, thanks for tuning in. So in some news and updates for, again, April the 4th, 2022, the New England Patriots have acquired wide receiver Devontae Parker from the Dolphins in a trade. Um, Devontae Parker was rumored uh, a few weeks back or about a week or two back to be um, possible interest from, to have possible interest from the Philadelphia Eagles. But unfortunately, nothing matriculated. So that is now done. He is now a member of the New England Patriots. The Dolphins also um, extend cornerback Xavier Howard. And they agree to what is being slated as the most lucrative deal for a cornerback in the NFL. It's a five-year, $50.6 million deal. If you don't know that story, uh, he was with the Dolphins last year as well. And he made a fuss about... Uh, how he felt the team was treating him, how his salary was not worth his worth. So he bet on himself, he gambled on himself, and he got a new contract. Hope Solo, former goalkeeper for the U.S. Women's National Team, was arrested over the weekend for DWI charges and child abuse charges. University of Butler fired their men's head coach, uh, Laval Jordan, and the Knicks forward, Julius Randle is likely to miss the remainder of the season with an injury. Um, the NFL has made a rule adjustment, and I'm going to try and squeeze that in a little bit later on, where they must now hire a female or a minority offensive coach. And you know this is all stemming from the Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL, and we all know that situation. We covered it um, on the show. Frank Gore is set to retire. He will sign a one-day contract to retire as a 49er. Butler also hires former Ohio State University coach Thad Mata to be their next head basketball coach. And there are reports out that Colin Kaepernick is set to work out for NFL scouts. Some of the early rumored potential landing spots are the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Panthers, the Ravens, the 49ers, the Titans, and the Packers. So I wish him the best. Uh, hopefully he can get back in. And I heard some reports that he made comments that he understands that he may not go in um, if he does get the opportunity to come to an NFL team. He may not go in as the starter, but he will definitely make the best of his opportunity if he's given another opportunity to get back into the NFL. 
um, per Malika Andrews via Twitter. We all know the story. Ben Simmons has filed a grievance to try and recoup $20 million in salary. But here was a quote or a tweet from Malika Andrews, and it says, The Sixers have been withholding nearly $1.3 million in Ben Simmons' salary in each paycheck since the trade to the Nets. The Nets, who were made to deduct salary from him to wire to the 76ers, and apparently they had not been doing so, hence the Sixers were um, deducting that money from that paycheck. So, we're going to move into some scores. Uh, We got some NBA scores. We got some NHL scores. And then we'll get into the NCAA women's title, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So here we go with your NHL scores up first. The Red Wings fall to the Senators 5-2. The Panthers beat the Sabres 5-3. The Islanders outlast the Devils 4-3. The Coyotes get by the Blackhawks 3-2. The Vegas Golden Knights also in the 3-2 score get past the Canucks. The Wild uh, 5 Capitals 1. The Flyers, Philadelphia Flyers, get a win. And we all know how crazy and up and down this Flyer season has been. But good news, the Flyers get a win 4-3 over the Rangers. The Oilers beat the Ducks 6-1, and the Stars fall to the Kraken 4-1. In the NBA, you've got the Bucks fall to the Mavs 118-112. The Wizards get walloped by the Celtics 144-102. The Nuggets beat the Lakers 129-118, just about putting the Lakers out of playoff contention, and that includes the play-in tournament. And we'll talk about those standings um, in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference a little bit later. The Pistons uh, beat the Pacers 121-117. The Knicks beat up on the Magic 118-88. to The Sixers outlast the Cavaliers 112-108, clinching their playoff berth yesterday. The Heat beat the Raptors 114 to 109. The Timberwolves, uh, the Timberwolves get by the Rockets 139-132. The Suns take one uh, to the Thunder 117-96. The Blazers fall to the Spurs 113-92. The Warriors uh, get by the Kings 109-90. And the Clippers in the third game um, back for Paul George get by the Pelicans 119 to 100. As we know, we had the Final Four over the weekend as well for the men's and the women's. Uh, The men's Final Four uh, Saturday, Nova falls to Kansas 81-65. And in a surpriser, my North Carolina Tar Heels defeat Duke. 81-77 81-77 and a thriller on Saturday night in the final game of the Final Four, pushing them to the title game tonight against the University of Kansas. Before we get into anything else, we're going to get right to it. NCAA women's title yesterday. South Carolina was in that title game again. They defeat the mighty Yukon Huskies. 64-49 in a spectacular performance by those young ladies uh, of South Carolina. Uh, 
University head coach Dawn Staley, Philly's own, wins her second national title. So shout outs to Dawn Staley, Philly's own Dawn Staley for that. And I have to give her kudos. And a lot of people had at, were asking me yesterday early before the game, who did I think would win? Uh, I just felt from watching South Carolina the few times that I watched them this year that they were the better team. They would be the better team. And then I also mentioned the size that they have, and that was very much on display yesterday. They just get offensive rebounds, just rebounds in general with their size. You know, we talk about size in the men's game, but the size that South Carolina has um, as a women's team is unprecedented for the women's game. You will have some teams that will have some bigs uh, like that in the in the NCAA women's game, but none like South Carolina has uh, right now as they're the current champions. They were the number one team wire to wire this year. Usually when you have that, you don't see a team go wire to wire as the number one overall team in the country. Often you see some slippage um, where they may fall a little bit and then bounce back up to the number one spot. But Dawn Staley had these girls focused all season long. They were focused, and I feel that there was a bad taste in their mouth from last year, how they lost Penny Lomax. Thanks for tuning in, bro. I feel that they had a, a sour taste in their mouth um, going back to last year's Final Four and how they lost to Stanford. Um, I can talk about that game uh, at length if it, you know um, if needed to be, but I'm not going to do it today. But I watched that game last year, and I, I can also easily say that there were some questionable calls down the stretch of that game. They also, South Carolina did ultimately have a chance to win that game late. Um, the shot just didn't fall for Aaliyah Boston last year, and they ultimately lost by one point um, last year in the in the Final Four. But this year, you could see the determination in these young ladies, especially once the tournament started. They were dominant in that game yesterday. Anytime, Chuck, what's going on, homie? Anytime that the UConn Huskies threw a punch back, tried to make a run, South Carolina counter-punched counter with an even bigger punch. And they held them to 27 points, I think, in the first half, which was phenomenal um, considering they were playing UConn. And we all know the talent level that UConn usually has. Um, I have to also give a shout-out to Dawn Staley again for winning the Coach Naismith Coach of the Year, for Leah Boston winning Player of the Year. And then there's the point guard, the senior, Destiny Henderson, who played an amazing game yesterday on both ends of the floor. She scored a career high in her final game at South Carolina. She ran the show. She kept the tempo. She made the right decisions, and then she turned around and did a magnificent job on Paige Beckers yesterday. Their their game plan looked like um, they wanted to make Paige work. On once she got rid of the ball, they wanted to make it tough for her to get the ball back. So they did a lot of denying her the ball 
once she gave it up. But all around, magnificent job, again, for Dawn Staley and her Lady Gamecocks winning the 2022 Women's National title. So, with that being said, I'm going to jump right into that story I mentioned to you in the news and the updates. And I'm going to talk about Ben Simmons for a little bit right now. Um, And then I'll get into some other Sixer stuff and get into the playoff race in the East and the West. But while I have it at the top of my head, you heard the quote that I said uh, about Ben Simmons uh, from Malika Andrews via Twitter. We all know the story of how there was rumors that he would file a grievance. We just didn't know when. So over the weekend, last week, towards the end of the last week, he officially filed his grievance. And he's trying to get back $20 million in lost salary from the Philadelphia 76ers, which I really honestly don't think it, don't think is going to happen <clears throat> Excuse me for him. Um, bottom line is... They find you because you didn't come to work. And I've said this over and over again. I'm still beating this drum. It may sound to some of you like a broken record. But if you take the overall situation out of it and you look at it in terms of employer and employee, if you don't go to work, you don't get paid. It's, it, it seems a little off. It may seem a little odd. But underlying factors and and the whole thing in a nutshell is the simple fact that that's the underlying factor the biggest underlying factor where if you don't go to work you don't get paid so there were also conversations and there was dialogue uh from ben simmons's camp before this came about before the trade actually happened where some of his camp said that oh they weren't worried about the money they weren't this they weren't that But yet, he turns around and he files a grievance for the money. You have to understand that he signed a legally binding contract to play for the Philadelphia 76ers to get that extension, and he got a huge raise. But then some things played out not to your liking after the loss in the Series 2 Atlanta Hawks last year, and you decided not to show up for training camp. You decided to mention that you would never play for the Philadelphia 76ers again. You didn't show up. Then you were forced to return because you were getting fined. It got to the point where you felt like you were getting to the point where you couldn't live the lifestyle that you once lived. So you decided to show up. But when you did show up, you were not a teammate. You didn't show up professional let me just say that say it that way you didn't show up with the professionalism that comes with being a professional athlete so there was a time when you were sent home from practice you did not continue to adhere to your contract by showing up for team meetings film sessions and things of that nature um there were rumors and there was allegedly reports out that while your teammates were actually playing a game You were at the practice facility allegedly working out with your own people, which in my opinion was a slap in the face to your teammates where you tell them you can't or you tell the team in the organization that you can't come into the building and play. You're not mentally ready to play, but you're in their facility 
working out because you live close to that facility. So it's become a big mess. Um, in my opinion, also, it's become a shame because he later on tried to say that he had back issues at the time when he mentioned that the Sixers had a doctor examine him and realized and came to the conclusion after the examination that there were no back issues with him. He then went on to play the mental health card. And this was where it got to me. And it's a shame uh, because I felt like the young man had some talent. If he got focused and worked on his craft, he could be something in the NBA. But when you play that mental health card, and we talked about this several times, we play that mental health card, that is not a joking issue. That is a very serious issue. There have been other players who have come out and expressed or um, detailed their mental health issues. And, you know, they put out that they didn't know how to talk to people. They didn't know if they had people they could talk to. They didn't know the right people to talk to about those issues. And then you play this card all because you're getting fined and you're not getting paid. Well, the Sixers went one step further and went on and asked him, well, look, just give us some documentation that you are seeing someone. They really didn't care what the diagnosis was or whatever. They wanted to just be sure that you were seeing someone for these alleged mental health issues that you claimed that you had. You declined to see them. They said, okay, you get your own person, but we still want to see some proof that you are actually seeing someone. That never materialized. So it even more, to me, led me to believe that it was all a sham. And this mental health piece, uh, for me, is a big piece. So when he claimed this and when I saw how things played out, I began to look at him a lot differently. Um, I still, as a basketball fan, have a very, very small respect for what he can do on the court as an athlete but as a person outside of basketball again makes me look at him totally different um it, it's amazing how people want to use different things for their benefit and don't think about the consequences that it can lead to Part of you not showing up, part of you claiming that you had mental health issues was part of the reason that you were fine. More so that because you didn't show up to work. But you made it seem like it was such a weight on you where you couldn't go into the facility at all. Then ultimately there was a trade. You were traded to the Brooklyn Nets along with two other members of the Philadelphia 76ers. Within days of that trade, you were seen on the bench, smiling, laughing, and joking. And me, and we talked about it on the show, myself, Baldy, we even had um, our good friend Claude uh, check in, former mental health workers, and we all came to the conclusion, we all agreed that we understand people have different levels of recovery, different timetables for recovery. But in his situation, we all came to the agreement that it typically doesn't happen that fast that you get that happy in this situation.
it, it just typically doesn't happen that fast, as fast as it happened for him. So, again, I think that this was all a sham, and it's, this grievance is really crazy, um, like I said, because he filed this grievance to get this money back, but you were in breach of your contract, sir. Your contract states that you're supposed to come to work. And like I keep saying, and I've been saying, and I'll continue to say it, if you take the money situation out, the prestige of being a professional athlete, you look at us, nine to five working guys or working people, if we don't go to work, we don't get paid. Now, mind you, in the typical business world, you get vacation time, you get sick time and things of that nature, right, if you use them properly. But if you just say to your employer, listen, I don't feel comfortable, I'm not going to show up to work and I'm done here. All that time until you get fired or whatever, you're not getting paid. Why will an employer pay you if you're not coming and doing the work? You're not doing your job. You're not honoring your contract. So why would we pay you? So the Sixers began to find him. They even tried to reach out to him in hopes that they could convince him or talk to him to come, at least come to the facility, come be around the team. We go back in detail. There were members of his team that were going to use their own money to go and see him out in California. He immediately told them not to come. He made a big stink about Doc Rivers at one point not coming to see him in L.A. And Doc Rivers, the coach, rebutted, well, I called you and I sent you messages. You ignored those messages. Danny Green, a teammate, even went so far as to say, yeah, a lot of guys did reach out to him. Joel Embiid said all through the whole entire thing, he tried to reach out to him. But there was also a point where you changed your number and you and or you ignored messages from your teammates. Where is the mental health issues coming in? I'm still confused about that because you changed your number. So these people couldn't get in touch with you after they tried to reach out to you. You got upset, allegedly, because Doc didn't come and visit you in L.A., but you told your teammates not to come. They were going to come on their own dime, nothing to do with the team and the organization. As far as the business sector of it, they were going to come as a teammate, allegedly as a friend, to come and see where you were, what your status was, what was going on with you. You declined. You told them not to come. Then if you go far deeper, you change your number. Where is the mental health piece that you're discussing so he goes he gets traded um he was allegedly working his way back he had another setback so it's back and there's no timetable for him to return i just saw last week um a quick update a quick rumor where allegedly he may come back for the playoffs really no point um right now i hope that the Brooklyn Nets front office is seeing what's going on, making note of what's going on here, along with them being in the 10th spot in the East. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. But I hope they are seeing and realizing what they're getting in this particular player. Um, also, this is going to pose a problem with the next collective bargaining agreement for players he is really screwing some things up 
for some players who could be in line to get uh, some max contracts, maybe even some super max contracts, as they call them in the NBA. So I don't think that he's going to win this case. I would be surprised if he does, because I know the Sixers and Daryl Morey are going to fight this tooth and nail. Um, I understand where they are with the fining and, and the, the, you know, the deductions from his paycheck because they gave you your salary up front. Then you decided not to show up. So they started fining you. They started deducting salary from you, which is something that most employers would do because again, you willingly did not show up for work. So hence again, you don't get paid. That's usually how it works, people. If you don't understand that, I'm sure a lot of you that have jobs understand. Like I said, us nine to fivers, we get vacation time, things of that nature. They don't they don't get that in professional athletics, but you're required to come to work. And the other difference is now you have signed a legally binding contract. And for you to say, I'm not coming, I'm not showing up, I'll never play for you again, you are in breach of your legally binding contract. Nate, thanks for tuning in, bro. So I think it's going to be a fight. Um, I'm anxious to see. Good morning. I'm anxious to see how this all plays out and how it has an effect or what type of effect it has on the new collective bargaining agreement. Um how it affects some other players, like I said, who could possibly be in line for some larger contracts. But these other players have been coming to work. I used an example uh, way back when, when all this started, with the John Wall situation, who requested a trade from Houston, who, by the way, has the same agent as Ben Simmons. But the difference was John Wall was a thousand percent more professional in his stance he requested a trade because he felt like the team was not where he wanted to be they weren't um, a contender he wanted to be moved he wanted to move on to play for a contender and that still hasn't happened but he also said in the beginning that I'll come to work I'm not gonna play but I'm gonna come to work and and he did so there's a difference like where is the the separation when you have the same agent you have the same agency, the same agent represents John Wall that represents Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons decided that he was not going to come to work. So we see where we are, and this is where we are. So again, he has officially filed his grievance. Again, I honestly don't think it's going to work well in his favor due to the track record that he has put forward um, throughout this whole time. So we'll see. Like I always say, I will keep my ears to the story, keep my ears to the street. And as I get information, I will definitely bring that information to you like I always do. Um, I don't understand what you mean, Nick. You said no, it's not. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not good. I'm Just let me know. Type back in and let me know what you're referring to because I'm a little confused there with you just saying no, it's not. But again, uh, the issue with this young man, again, 
is you played that mental health card and you put a very sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Um, again, like I mentioned, there are several other players who have, star players, mind you, who have mentioned themselves having mental health issues and seeking help to the point where the NBA has now set up a facet in the in the collective bargaining agreement where there are people that you can talk to or, or there will be people made available to you via your employer. But again, like I said, you made this claim. You didn't want to provide proof, which was one red flag. And then again, like I said, after the trade, we saw you on the bench within days when you couldn't come and sit on the bench with the Sixers and all the things that you tried to throw back at the Sixers. And there have been reports out, we've seen it, we talked about it on the show, how the Sixers have constantly, in the entire situation, tried to reach out to you. Like I said, Danny Green even put it out there on, a po- on another podcast that you changed your number so that they could not get in touch with you. For my for my purposes and for me, it leads me to believe more so that your mental health um, issue was a sham. Uh, okay, thanks, Nate. He says, Nate Phillips says, it's not going to work out for Mr. Simmons. I've been saying this. He brought this on himself. He is using mental health to try and get out of the situation that he brought to himself. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he, he brought the situation on his own. He stepped in the poop, and now he's smelling it, and he's been smelling it for a long time. So again, like I said, you just were very, very unprofessional. And we talked about how this was there in his scouting report from the very beginning, where they said that he's often closed-minded to instruction and coaching, he needs everything to revolve around him on and off the court. And now things are not. You also thought that the Sixers wouldn't be where they were without you. Ha-ha, surprise. They were right in the thick of things without you. They made the trade for James Harden, which made them better. And they're still in the mix. And you still have not played at all this season. Not even for the Nets you haven't played. And a lot of people will tell you, well, what if he plays with the talent that he has and with Kyrie and with KD? I totally get that. As a basketball fan, um, being a former player, coach, and referee, I totally understand it. I totally get that. But it's really a moot point because he hasn't done anything. And again, I hope that the Brooklyn Nets' eyes have been opened to this guy uh, because we see, in my opinion, this is a sham. You're just trying to get money that you lost on your own by not showing up for work. Um, Nate, again, says, all we ask of him is to shoot the ball and create plays. We as Philly fans don't ask for much. Absolutely. See, the problem is, like I've been telling people from when Brett Brown gave him the ball and labeled him the point guard, I told people all along that he was not a point guard. He was playing point guard. But at that level, you need your point guard to at least attempt shots. 
Hell, that's the object of the game, to shoot the ball and put the ball in the basket. Correct me if I'm wrong. That is the object of the game. Put the ball in the basket. It it becomes a problem when the player you have playing point guard in play drives to the basket in paint, then he turns around and looks to kick it out to someone else to take the shot. It also makes you scratch your head when your player that's playing point guard who is logically going to have the ball a lot of time especially late in games to run the offense to control the tempo shoots 33% from the free throw line so it's amazing how this dude is thinking that he's going to claim this mental health piece and he's going to recoup some money I really don't think it's going to happen. Um, it would it would be a very huge shocker to me if it does. And again, I keep saying it, but it all goes back to three words. Legally binding contract. Um, also, Tyrese had the same magic. Yes, Tyrese Maxey has the same magic. Same agent as well. Thanks, Nate, for turning that in. And you also saw how that played out when it was getting hot and heavy early where Rich Paul tried to come in and say he wanted Tyrese Maxey out too because he represents him. And then Tyrese Maxey shut that down because he knew now that he's gone, he's not playing, I have this opportunity. And he has made the best of that opportunity. Arguably, and I'm speaking to Tyrese Maxey right now, arguably very high in the running for most improved player. Again, Ben Simmons' whole thought process, his unprofessionalism has him where he is right now. He could arguably, possibly, not get another contract in the NBA. And again, like I said, you made this trade, you made it look like you were happy to be there, and you still haven't played yet. A lot of people will argue, like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, well, he could do this with his talent, and he can do this with that team. But herein lies the other questions in that situation. What is he going to do when they need him to play the five, which he told them that he didn't want to play the five, he would not play the five. So you didn't start that trade off with on a good note, on a real good note, if you will. What would happen when... Things getting into crunch time, and I've got, I'm going to put myself in Steve Nash's shoes as the coach right now, just hypothetically speaking. I've got Kyrie Irving and I've got Kevin Durant, two guys that I know are dogs, two guys that I know can get me a bucket. If I have to get critical and get down to the nitty gritty in crunch time, I'm playing two-man game with those two. So what does Ben Simmons do? You throw him in a dunker spot. How does that appeal to him? If we look at everything that we've seen from him, doesn't really appeal too well to him. Um, yeah, Nate, I'm going to talk about the MVP race in a minute, so just hold tight for that. So again, you look at what the Nets also did in that situation. They also brought in another point guard, 
at the buyout in the buyout market rather in Goran Dragic, who could fit right along with them, because Goran Dragic could also be another option to score because we know he'll shoot the ball. If you think about the situation and everything that Ben Simmons has showed us on the court, it would be tough, and I think it would get under the skin of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, where you're supposed to be this third person, this third talent to help us, and we can't even count on you if the two-man game breaks down and we kick it to you in the corner for you to shoot it, to even look to shoot. So knowing those two guys or knowing them like I think I know them as basketball players, they would definitely shy away from him. And again, I think Goran Dragic was a security blanket at that point guard position because you could play Kyrie Irving off the ball. We all know Kevin Durant is going to do what he does. And then you would have Goran Dragic who could facilitate if the play breaks down, you can kick it to Goran Dragic and he can score for you. He can also shoot free throws. So where exactly does Ben Simmons fit into all of this, this equation? Where? I haven't had anyone tell me anything different than what I've just said since this whole mess started. And again, I say he has not played for either team all season long. We're looking at four, five games at the most, maybe. I think three or four for the Nets before the playoffs start. Even prior to that, and then again, the Nets are just really, they just kind of like imploded, if you will, because they were allegedly in the beginning of the season, the eyes on favorite to win the East. And now you look at them, again, they had injuries. They had the, the uh, vaccination and the mandate situation in New York with Kyrie Irving only playing part-time, which has since been lifted. But it's been lifted too late. And I can give you the talent that they do have in KD and Kyrie. Not a lot more left on that roster. People talked about the Sixers giving away Seth Curry. Very early in that trade, you heard some noise from Seth Curry. Here in the past two weeks, coming down the stretch, I haven't heard much from or about Seth Curry. They added Andre Drummond in because they knew it was a chance that they may end up facing the Sixers at some point, and they didn't have anybody that could deal with Joel Embiid. But hell, who in the NBA does have anybody that can deal with Joel Embiid, ideally? Um... Nate says he's going to get traded in the offseason. Uh, his best guess is to Minnesota. You know, Nate, I, I've said this, and, and I said it jokingly um, way back when, when the Sixers were trying to find a trade partner for him. I said, I, I felt like you, you should have did him like they did in the old school days. When you demanding a trade, you're not going to show up to work, and this, that, and the third. Okay, we'll trade you. But we're not taking none of your requests. We'll send you to Oklahoma City. We'll send you to Houston, to a team that is not in contention, which is what you wanted, to a team that's not in contention. And then you wanted to go to a team, initially you said you wanted to go to L.A., you end up going to Brooklyn. You also felt like with all the hype that they were 
the front runners for the East, and we look at what happened. We look at where they are now. And again, you still haven't played. So, Nate, you could possibly be right. There is a possible chance that he could be traded once again. Hell, there's even a possibility, that, like I said, that he could be out of the NBA because of this. And I'm telling you, this situation with this grievance, however it plays out, is going to have a major impact on the next collective bargaining agreement. It's going to have an impact on some other players who are looking to get max or super max contracts or just get bigger contracts than what they're playing on right now so it's a bigger issue than just him but he doesn't see that because he just sees himself that's all he cares about but let's see how much he cares if this grievance does not go through and he doesn't get any of that money back 11.46, folks, 46 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour. I am going to take a quick break when I come back. So come back with me, Nate, in a few minutes. I am going to talk about the conference standings in this end of the season season uh, playoff push. I am going to talk a little bit about the play-in tournaments in each conference. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Joel Embiid and the MVP race. You are... Right now, tuned in to Sports Rap on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy, Sports Rap D. Thanks to everybody that tuned in uh, so far. And thanks, Nate, for that great dialogue. I'll see you on the other side in just a couple minutes. Red Podcast, once again, right here on Heat 100 Radio and as well live on Facebook in the group page, Sports Rap Podcast. So, Everyone that was tuned in, come on back, sit with me, and we're going to talk some more sports. So before I get into this uh, NBA race, um, we're cutting down to the last few games of the season, the last week, week and a half of the regular season, preparing for the play-in tournament, preparing for the playoffs. I have to give a shout-out to my guys down in Delaware, Wilmington to be exact, Chase Fieldhouse. The Delaware Blue Coats, the G League affiliate of your Philadelphia 76ers, who open the playoffs tomorrow against the Long Island Nets. So if you haven't been down there, you need to get down there. Listen, if you need to, you know where to find me. Get in touch with me. DM me later on in the day. Hit me up or something. May have something for you. May be able to point you in the right direction. You can get in the building. But we need to show support for this team. This team has done amazing things last season and uncontinued it into this season. So definitely shout-outs to the Delaware Bluecoats, um, who always make me feel welcome when I'm down there visiting. Shout-outs to my guy, Joseph Richmond, the ambassador of basketball for the Delaware Bluecoats, who also welcomes me in and makes me feel very welcome and comfortable when I'm down there. I will be at the playoff game tomorrow, so come on down. It's a short drive right down 95. Come on down, support the team. Some future NBA players, some players that are on assignment from the Sixers roster that are down there. But come and just check out some good basketball, folks. I can attest to and tell you that the team is pretty good, and like I said, they've been doing great things the last two seasons. So 
if you get the opportunity. And I understand it's a school night. It's a Tuesday night. Weather's breaking. It's starting the time to be coming out. So come on out. Check out the Delaware Blue Coats right down in beautiful Wilmington, Delaware. I'll be there. And you know I'll be posting and doing some other stuff while I'm there. So if you come through, if you get down there, tag me in your post. Give me a shout out. Possibly try and come find me. Maybe we can talk a little bit. So I'll see some. Hopefully I'll see some of you down there tomorrow night for the Delaware Blue Coats playoff game, G League playoff game against the Long Island Nets. Uh, before I move into that as well, I'm going to go through. We have some inductees for the Hall of Fame coming up this summer, the 2022 class. Uh, I'm going to give them to you in their different uh, brackets or their different sections where they're going in. In the North American Committee, you have Hugh Evans, Manu Ginobili, Tim Hardaway, Bob Huggins, and George Carl. So there you got two players, two coaches, and one referee. In the Women's Committee, Swin Cash, Marion Stanley, and Lindsey Whalen. Veterans Direct Elect Committee, Lou Hudson. Direct Elect Contributor Committee, Larry Costello and Del Harris. The Women's Veterans Direct Elect Committee, Teresa Shank Brintz, and International Direct Elect Committee, Redivov Korak. But we all know the big names in this are, like I mentioned in the North American Committee, Hugh Evans, Manuel Ginobili, Tim Hardaway, Bob Huggins, and George Carl. Congratulations to all of you for being inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame this coming summer. So, we move along, and like I said, it is crunch time in the NBA. We are in the home stretch. We are pushing towards the playoffs. We, again, will have a play-in tournament uh, this year. So, if you don't understand what that means, where it's eight teams that make the playoffs overall, but they've extended, last year they extended it to ten, to give some of these teams that were like right there, but just eh, really couldn't get over the hump to give them an opportunity to get in. Uh, so when you look at the playoff standings now, one through six are set once the season would end, the regular season would end. And then, then there will be four more teams, teams that see seven, eight, nine, and 10. And each conference will play in to get into the uh, main uh, list of playoff teams. So you got four teams playing for two spots. The way it goes is team seeded seven and eight will play for the seventh seed. The winner of that will play, will end up getting the seventh seed. The loser of that game will play the winner of the nine, 10 game to get the eighth spot. And that will round off the beginning of the NBA playoffs. So right now, as it looks, the Miami Heat are the number one seed. The Boston Celtics sit at number two. The Bucks at three. The Sixers at four. As of last night, they flip-flop. The Raptors have uh, fallen below. The Bulls back again. The Bulls bounce back up to five. The Raptors fall back down to six. And in the seven, eight, nine, and ten, in the playoff team, the play-in teams, I'm sorry. You got the Cavs at number seven. The Hawks have jumped up to number eight after beating the Nets. The Hornets are number nine. 
and the mighty Brooklyn Nets are the 10th seed. So, there you have it for the East. And again, it's just a little awkward, a little weird, a little funny to me how things shape up and things tend to turn out. Where again, you had injuries to KD this summer for for the Nets going into the season as the alleged odds on favorites to win the East and have that number one seed. They were there for a while, but it just shows you that sometimes or a lot of times you need your superstars to maintain where you were. Um, at one point, the Sixers were floating at that one, two seed. Um, but Sixers are a little different. Sixers had some issues with, you know, the player that we talked about earlier, but they still were successful riding the big fella, Joel Embiid. And we have the Nets now, excuse me, in the number 10 spot. So they're technically playing for the number eight seed in the playoffs. Dramatic drop for them, if you will, in this playoff race. Because again, like I mentioned, they were allegedly the eyes on favorites for winning the East. It doesn't look like that is going to happen. Uh, if they end up winning and getting into the AFC, they would get the Miami Heat in the first round. Going to be a tough out. Miami's not going to be easy. All right. We move over to the West. You got the Suns, Grizzlies, the Warriors, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, and the Jazz round out the top six. In the play-in tournament, the Timberwolves, Clippers, Pelicans, and the Spurs have supplanted the Los Angeles Lakers. And there's a very good chance that now the Lakers, after their loss yesterday, are eliminated even from the play-in tournament. It's going to be tough. They've got some tough games coming up. I forget what their schedule was. I just saw it earlier. But it's going to be tough for them to get in with LeBron being hurt, nursing injuries, and Anthony Davis coming back and slightly re-aggravating an injury yesterday. So we'll see how it plays out, but I honestly don't think that the Lakers will have enough to get in, um, even into the play-in tournament. I don't think it's going to happen. So we talk about the East, and we talk about the Sixers, and all the things that they did prior to the trade where they were right at the top of the East without Ben Simmons. We also have been talking all year long about the efforts of one Joel Embiid and his stake in the league MVP race. He is top two. And it kind of bothers me a little bit to talk about this and have this conversation because a lot of the mainstream media and a lot of other people are immediately putting Joker, Nikola Jokic, at that front runner for. And I get everything that everybody has said in the past. Like last year, he was in the running, but he didn't win it. Uh, he doesn't play enough games. He can't stay healthy. Well, he proved everybody wrong this year. He has been a monster on the basketball court this year. And I think very well or very much deserving of the MVP. He had his last 14-game stretch where he had at least 30 points or more. He had 
44 yesterday. Um, okay, thanks, Nate. They're two games behind San The Lakers are two games behind San Antonio with four to five games ago. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make it. Um, looking at the stat lines from yesterday in this comparison, Joel Embiid, 44 points, 17 rebounds, three assists, shooting 12 of 26 from the floor, three of six from three-point line, 17 of 20 from the free throw line in 38 minutes. Nikola Jokic, 38 points, 18 rebounds, 6 assists on 15 to 22 from the floor, 0 of 3 from 3-point land, 8 of 11 free throws in 32 minutes. Well, here recently, and this is going back to the Clippers game, where there were some comments made by Clippers coach Tyron Lue, where he stated and he felt that if James Harden and Joel Embiid didn't go to the foul line, they wouldn't score as much. But let me just ask a question. And we saw, we've all seen how Joel Embiid has been playing all season long. And I mentioned it earlier, there's really no one in the league that can handle him right now. Is it his fault that teams don't have, or a lot of teams don't have, well, I could say teams don't have the quality centers to guard him where he gets these players in position where they foul him. I think the hardest part or the hardest pill for people to swallow is the fact and the rate that he shoots these free throws. Again, he shot 20 free throws yesterday. He missed three, which is usually like his average for a game. He usually misses about between two and three free throws a night, but he shot 20. But is that his fault? Because teams foul him and put him to the line, it's not his fault. It's just nothing they can do. And to compound that, he makes the majority of them. Yeah, yeah, Nick, he probably is still mad about that. But again, for Tyron Lue to make that comment as an NBA coach, it, it was kind of disturbing to me. Because you played the game and now you're a coach, so you should understand. You can't stop him. So again, I say, is it his fault that he he gets the opportunity to shoot that many free throws? No. But I think the biggest problem is the fact that he makes a lot of them. Like I said, he shot 20 and he missed three yesterday, which I feel like is his average for missing free throws, two to three a game. But again, is that his fault? They argue about the efficiency of Jokic and all of this and that and whatever. Go back to last season when Jokic did win the MVP. There was not much chatter after him winning the MVP and getting swept out of the first round. Now, people will argue, yeah, well, the Sixers lost to the Hawks and whatever, whatever. Yeah, they lost to the Hawks, but it was in the second round. Also, you look at this year, Sixers have the better record. They are two games better than the Jazz. They sit at the number four, so they're two games better, two seeds higher in their respective conference. You look at everything Joel has done prior to the trade, where they were and what they accomplished prior to the trade without his other star compartment uh, companion. 
we all know how I feel about Tobias Harris. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think he's very, very inconsistent. Um, I feel like he could be right now getting his groove back with his last couple games, and I hope so leading into the playoffs. But look at what, and people will argue, oh, well, Jokic doesn't have Jamal Murray. When you look at the makeups of these teams currently, he got James Harden, so he got better. Yes, it's working out pretty good. Prior to that trade, you look at that comparison, and we all know what the Sixers bench is, is like and how they have been performed all season long. Jokic has the better secondary players around him, and Joel Embiid is still performing better. Um, yes, Nate says Embiid has been a monster all year and only missed one game. Um, well, he missed a couple more than that, but it wasn't because of what people had been saying in the past about his health and his injuries. He missed a good portion. He missed a few games because of the COVID situation. And he was one of the players that the COVID um, thing, COVID bud hit pretty hard. It really hit him pretty hard, so we had to sit out some games. But when he came back, he picked up right where he left off. He basically carried this team to the top of the East without his superstar companion, if you will. And people will argue that Joker is without his superstar companion in Jamal Murray. But again, look at what each player has done. I don't think the Nuggets were higher than four at any point this season. The Sixers, for the short time lived, they were at the number one seed. And then they hit that juggernaut, the Phoenix Suns. You had the Boston Celtics go on an amazing run and propel them. And then the same thing happened in the East with them. They were there for like a day, and they lost a game, and then they dropped back down. So I would be very disturbed if Joel Embiid does not win the MVP this year. He's even confused himself. He's been uh, noted to say that what else do I need to do to win this award? Um, I understand and I feel like he's focused on winning, winning basketball games, but I think it's getting to him because of the disrespect that has been going on for the last season, last two seasons with him in this MVP race. Um, Nate asked, do you think, do I think the MVP voters are against? Yes, of course. I've been saying this for a long time. Like I said, they will find everything and anything they can say about Joel Embiid. But again, I go back to last year when Jokic won the MVP, Nate. And you remember the Denver Nuggets got swept out of the playoffs in the first round with the league MVP. I've said a long time ago that I feel like Personally, the MVP should not be awarded to a player until the season is completely over. So regular season and playoffs. But I don't have a voice. I don't have a vote in that. So it happens at the end of the regular season. I think Joel Embiid is right there and it's right in his reach, especially if he continues to play like he played yesterday and how he has been playing in his past 14 games. He has been severe. He's been very dominant, dominant all season long. All season long, he's been super dominant. 
But again, we know how these writers vote, what they think. Um, they really don't get Joel Embiid. I think they take offense in a small way to him using his social media um, in the way that he does, and you don't see that from Jokic. But again, you have to look at what Joel Embiid has done for the Philadelphia 76ers the past two seasons. They were the number one seed going into the playoffs last year. They're right in the middle, um, which ironically, with the way the bench has performed, and until most most recently Tobias Harris with his inconsistencies, I think they are right there where they need to be. I would love to see them in that three, four seed. Right now they sit at four. And at four, they would right now get the Chicago Bulls, the way things changed as of yesterday. They own the series on the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bulls still have some injury issues. So it's almost like the perfect position for them. The Utah Jazz are in the sixth seed, and if they ended today, they would get the Golden State Warriors in the first round. Tough for them. Tough, tough, tough. So, we will see how this thing plays out. Um, I think it would be a travesty if Joel Embiid does not get the MVP this year. Um, I can easily go right now on a limb and say the fix is in, or the fix would have been in if he does not win it. And I understand where people talk about the media and everything. They talk about the efficiency rate of this part of Jokic's game, the passing and this and that and whatever. When you look at the overall makeups of these teams right now, Jokic, without Jamal Murray, still has better secondary players, players than Joel Embiid has currently. Uh, Nate says, that's another reason why Ben Simmons wanted to leave. He wanted to be the team centerpiece, and the owners said, no, we're building around Joel. Well, in the owner's defense, is smart basketball, smart basketball knowledge. Why would I cater and center around you when you shoot 33% throughout the playoffs as my point guard and you don't shoot a mid-range jump shot? Joel Embiid has the full package. He can play with his back to the basket. He can play in transition. He can shoot the three, and he can shoot the mid-range. And he can shoot free throws. So you would be a little remiss not to want to build around him. I mean, Joel Embiid even said it when all this started with Ben Simmons about how he felt the team was always catered around him when they brought in J.J. Redick. Shooters, allegedly, around him. It all goes back to, for me, when Brett Brown was still the coach, Elton Brand made the trade for Jimmy Butler, but Brett Brown did one of the things that most smart coaches would have done. You did give the keys to the truck to Ben Simmons, yes. But when you inherit a player like Jimmy Butler, who can get you a bucket, and as a known closer, and Brett Brown did the basketball thing, took the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands and gave it to Jimmy. In late in games. And Jimmy won a couple games for us while he was here. But he also saw the writing on the wall of how entitled and how whiny of a person Ben Simmons was. And he said, no, I'm not coming back here. I'm not doing this. And at the time, I can't really argue with him. I can't blame him because of the situation and the coaching staff. 
I also feel like in that situation that Elton Brand in the front office at the time should have spoken to Jimmy and said to him somewhere along the lines, and these are just my thoughts, listen, Jimmy, we got Brett Brown under contract one more year. We'll re-sign you, give him another shot. He's giving you the ball here and there, whatever. If it doesn't work this upcoming season, then we'll make a move and, and get some things in place where you would be more comfortable. Didn't happen that way, didn't play out that way, and hence Jimmy has moved on to Miami. But the situation, in my opinion, is like we like to say, is real petty um, with the, the, the reasoning behind Joker still being ahead of Joel Embiid for the uh, MVP race. And again, I say it, I think it's really petty. Um, again, the play c- can only speak for itself. And if it doesn't happen, I really don't understand what a lot of these MVP uh, voters were looking at, what they were watching as these guys played um, throughout the season, this, se- this season. I said you can even gauge it on the first half of the season where he didn't have Ben Simmons before the James Harden trade. And look at what Joel Embiid did. Kept the Sixers right at the top of the East. And they stayed there. They haven't fallen any lower than four. Maybe five in the conference all season long. The Nuggets were down at six. They haven't been up as high as four in in their respective conference either. So we will definitely see how this thing is going to play out. And you know me, if it happens, I will definitely be here to talk about it. And I will be talking about it in a way that would not be very pleasant. Because I honestly think that Joel Embiid deserves the MVP. And Derek, you could argue that there might be a little bias there because I am a 76ers fan. But I am also a basketball fan, and I know what I've seen all season long compared to what Jokic has done. And I had actually, early part of the season, I was doing a little comparison, and then I stopped because I realized it was pointless because the mainstream media is going to have their opinions. They're going to talk about the efficiency rate and all these other stats and all this other stuff. And look at basketball. Look at what this individual player has done for his team. Take all those stats and everything, those efficiency and all the stats that they use. You take them out the picture for just a few seconds and look at what each player has done for their respective team throughout the season. And I think Joel Embiid is the odds on favorite to win the MVP this year. And again, I would be a little disturbed if he does not win the MVP um, this season. So, moving along, we talked about Colin Kaepernick a little earlier, and we saw what happened to him in his situation, but he's getting the chance, um, and I hope this again, like I mentioned prior before, I hope this um, is not a just saving face workout for Carl, for Kaepernick. Um, I hope he really gets a legit opportunity to to work out for some scouts and and get a decent look from some teams. 
Uh, let's see. Nate chimes back in. He says, didn't Joel dominate Joel? Yes, he did. Yeah, I saw that game. He did. He did dominate. I mean, the the Nuggets got the win, but Joel was head and shoulders better than Jokic in that game. I mean, and I think it's cool that they have the respect that they have for each other. But, you know, the old saying, you got to call a spade a spade. Joel Embiid has done everything in his power to win the MVP this year. And it would be a shame. It would be a travesty, in my opinion, if he doesn't get it. And that's just based on what I see. No bias in that comment. Nothing because I'm a Sixers fan. But again, I am a basketball fan first. And I know what I've been seeing all season long. And I know what other people have been seeing or should have been seeing all season long. So we'll see how it plays out. And we'll definitely, you know, like I said, we'll definitely talk about it um, once we get to that point when they announce who the MVP is. So we are to the point where we are winding down right now. We haven't talked a lot about Major League Baseball, but we do have some baseball. Opening day, it's April 7th. Um, opening day for the Phillies, April the 8th, against the Oakland A's at the park. Um, I am going to try and get to a few games this year. Um, I haven't been to a game maybe in a couple years now. But it's a beautiful park. Um, and with the moves that the Phillies made in the offseason, it's going to bring some more people in to that stadium and get to see some guys, um, Schwarber, Castellanos, added in with JT Real Muto and Bryce Harper, the MVP. So we'll see. Um, they still have to work on some pitching, but I think the offensive side of the ball, they've made some major, major strides um, on that Phillies team. So with that being said, we are just about to wrap up. Mark Murray, my guy, thanks for tuning in. We are just about wrapping up. Um, no games tonight in the NBA. So your next games in the NBA up will be Tuesday. Here is Tuesday's schedule for the NBA. And some of these games will still have some playoff uh, implications. You've got the Cavs and the Magic, the Sixers and the Pacers, the Hawks and the Raptors, the Hornets, Heat, Rockets, Nets, Bucks and Bulls, Blazers, Thunder, Wizards, T-Wolves, Grizzlies, Jazz, Spurs, Nuggets, Pelicans, Kings, and Lakers Suns. So again, like I said, this is uh, NBA resumes on Tuesday, but you see there are a few games in here that will have some playoff implications. Tonight in the NHL, the Bruins and the Blue Jackets, the Maple Leafs and the Lightning, the Coyotes and the Blues, the Flames and the Kings. In the NCAA, the men's tournament concludes tonight with the title game. University of North Carolina Tar Heels versus the Kansas Jayhawks in my own little way. Go Heels. As you all know, I am a Tar Heels fan, so I am pulling for my Tar Heels because no one expected us to be where they are. And just another quick note, as I posted um, the other day, they played spoiler twice. Um, they won the game in Coach K's last home game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. His last tournament game was a loss to the North Carolina Tar Heels. And ironically, if you look at the history, 
the Tar Heels gave them gave him his first loss in his coaching career at Duke and his last loss in his coaching career at Duke. Everybody that tuned in, thank you all for tuning in. Um, I appreciate the support as always. Again, I will be at the Blue Coast game tomorrow, the playoff game for the G League affiliate for the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Long Island Nets. I think it's an 8 p.m. tip-off. We need to get people in that building. We just need to show some support for our Blue Coats. So get there. Um, Nate says, I'm still mad about that. I was hoping to see Duke Nova. Would have been a better look, in my opinion. Yeah, Nova had a good run, but I think what hurt them was the loss was the loss of the kid Moore and just the size that Kansas had. And Kansas just shot the ball crazy well that night. So they were outmatched at that point. Um, you know where to find me, at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, SportsRap Podcast is the group page. The webpage, sportsrapradio.com. YouTube channel, and folks, I need you to get over to that YouTube channel. Last week's show is up. This week's show will go up uh, probably Wednesday. Sports Rap TV is the channel there. So get over there, check out some videos. Make sure you like the videos that you like. Subscribe to the channel. And then hit that bell so you'll be alerted when new video is up. You can also catch this audio outside of Heat 100 Radio on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts, and most of your podcast outlets. Folks, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Cisco, my guy, thanks for tuning in, catching me at the end. Um, I appreciate the support, as always. Folks, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the Monday. The weather appears to be beginning to change with some consistency it's going to be high 50s today so it's going to be fairly nice looking at a little bit of rain tomorrow but like we say here it's monday enjoy the beginning of your week be great on purpose i'll see you all week on social media right back here next monday on heat 100 radio for the sports prep podcast thank you all for tuning in have a great day